Hey guys, welcome to this week's Pain in the Pod. Y'all, this week I have the most interesting guest. Her name is Rainbow Valentine, and she has a podcast called Disorganized Crime Smuggler's Daughter. It's all about her parents in the 60s and 70s and a little bit into the 80s being drug smugglers. Really, they were distributors back when pot was illegal. And she tells stories of, you know, sitting on garbage bags, not filled with trash, but filled with pot. So her stories are unbelievable about the Grateful Dead and Janis Joplin are like sprinkled in there like no big deal. And her life is interesting and her parents' life is amazing. So you're going to love this interview as well. And then check out her Instagram where she posted a picture of a psychedelic cat she was drawing while we were talking. And also, I have to shout out some new patrons over on Patreon. I've got Jenna and Whitney have joined at the no pain, no gain level. And thank you so much. And if you are interested in joining Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash pain in the pod, and I'll tell you how to join. There's lots of levels. I'll send you some uh, swag in the mail, and it's just fun over there. And this week, we're putting up a fun interview that I did with my mom and my sisters. So thanks and take a listen to my chat with Rainbow Valentine. Hey y'all and welcome to Pain in the Pod. Today I have a very, very interesting guest. It's Rainbow Valentine of the podcast Disorganized Crime Smuggler's Daughter. In the podcast, Rainbow tells about her idyllic childhood growing up in California, but she later finds out that her parents were major pot smugglers. And this podcast is a look into her parents' very, very interesting lives. Rainbow, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mary Payne. My name is Rainbow Valentine, just like you're Mary Payne. Yeah. <laughs> now, is it? Is it Rainbow Valentine like Marianne? Uh, yeah, that's that's my alias. I changed my name to Rainbow Valentine when I was five and insisted mm-hmm. everyone call me Rainbow Valentine. Full, full name. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. My understanding is from your hints that you've given is that your real name is actually just as interesting as Rainbow Valentine. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I have a ridiculous, you know, weird, funny, unusual name. I've met three people in my life with my name. So. <laughs> I've come up with uh, like two that have my name. Mary Payne. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you something very interesting, that there's a girl in my sorority from the University of Mississippi. She's uh, currently in the sorority or just graduated that na- was named Mary Payne. Interesting. It's pretty rare. You're going to have to kill her. Uh, no, I mean, I was real mad about it. No, I yeah. wasn't. <laughs> okay. So first, I want you to tell me how you decided to make this story of your parents' history as you know, drug smugglers in the 70s. How did you decide to make this into a podcast? Uh, That's a great question. Well, I'm a TV show creator. So I work in television and I wanted to make a, you tell these stories, but my dad was not ready. And that's because the laws were, it was totally illegal and he could get caught and it'd be terrible, even though he'd quit 30 years before. So when the California laws changed and some friends of mine had a deal with iHeartRadio and they were looking for new podcasts it occurred to me, oh my God, maybe this is the time. Sort of all the things converged. Uh, And my dad, when I asked him, he called his attorney who said, yeah, you can go for it. It's time. And um, my partners who had this great deal with iHeart to share it, loved the idea. And so it was timing, location. I had moved to a place where my podcast peeps lived and um, dad was ready. It was and mom, and mom was ready. Mom was more ready before, but dad was not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because legally, he would probably be concerned that 
retroactively he could be in trouble for this stuff, but I guess not now, huh? Well, there's a statute of limitations for seven years. However, okay. there's something called conspiracy, which is in episode five, Mary Jane Mamas, my friend Gracie Albright got busted for conspiracy. And conspiracy is when you've, qu- okay, you've quit whatever illegal thing you're doing. However, someone you have worked with in the past seven years, or even just no, has, has done something illegal. And the laws say they can bust you, even though you haven't done anything illegal. Was this your friend that went to jail? She was the sister of two guys that were smugglers? This is my friend who went to, to prison, and the sister of the two smugglers did not go to prison. That She just, her brother went to prison and one fled the country. This is another friend. Grandma Bella is the sister of the brothers who right. were busted. Gracie Albright is a friend who went to prison for three years for conspiracy. Man. Mm-hmm. And you just think, like, now none of that would happen. It's true. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it's true. Not in California and in what I think it's 20 states or so. And, you know, we're, we're headed towards legalization, I feel, in the next two years, legally, yeah. nationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So your parents, once they talked, cleared it with their attorney, they were ready to tell their story. But how many years has it been since your parents... Uh, your dad being sort of the the foot soldier of it all. Uh, how long has it been since they were involved in this smuggling? Twenty, I mean, twenty years, thirty years. Nineteen ninety two was my was the last, the final straw, as we call it, and the whole situation we talked about in episode nine with hi fi. So nineteen ninety two. So it's been twenty years, thirty years. I'm sorry, thirty. I'm I'm a storyteller, not a mathematician. <laughs> no, it's funny because when you were tell- kind of given the timeline of it, I was trying to figure out because you you sound very young, which I'm sure you get a lot. Mm-hmm. You sound very young, but I, you know you're you're close to my age. I'm a little bit older, and I was thinking like, okay, I was doing the timeline like 1992. I graduated from college in 1991. You know, yeah. I was trying to kind of put that together, and the 90s would seem like a much more dangerous time to be. It was, yeah, in the but- drug business. That's why they quit. It was the laws changed. 1986 is when Reagan instituted the mandatory minimum drug sentencing laws, which affected every drug, you know, and um, the Schedule One drugs, which includes pot. Marijuana is a Schedule One. You know, people were going to prison for very small amounts. Is marijuana still a Schedule One? Yeah, it's still a Schedule One drug. It is still considered more dangerous than methamphetamine. Oh, well, which we know is not true. Totally. Oh, my God. I know. I will say that your description of your childhood with your parents being smugglers, but you did not know that. And you would come in. Now, you just didn't think it was unusual that your parents had garbage bags of pot in the house. You just yeah, that's thought right. other people had garbage bags of pot in their house as well. Yeah. I grew up in uh, Marin County, which is the where the, all the counterculture people from San Francisco in the 60s moved to raise children. So my friend's parents were so much (laughs) weirder and out there. And I had tons of friends who grew up on buses or communes. And we had a really stable home and pot was everywhere. It was part of the culture. It's part of the furniture. So I didn't know anyone with like a home bar. Nobody drank. The alcohol was not part of the culture. No parents drank. Like that's, that was only something I saw on television. You know, people having a cocktail after work. But wow. yeah, that was not, I didn't know anyone who did that ever. And I was a very social person. I spent a lot of time at friends' houses, but everybody smoked pot. 
all the grownups, all the grownups smoke pot. And interestingly, many of the kids didn't because it was lame because it's what the parents did. It was like, mm, lame. <laughs> that is, it is just fascinating to me because mm-hmm. I, you know, it's sort of like, with me growing up and everybody smoked cigarettes, right? Just mm. windows up in the car, uh, you know, smoking, no seatbelts. And it's so crazy yeah. that my kids now who are teenagers will say things like, oh, Mr. So-and-so, he smokes. Right. Like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And I'll go, what do you mean? Like, I think they mean like pot and they'll mean like cigarettes. Like they've seen Mr. So-and-so smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And to them, that's the worst thing Ever, where I was like, I just grew up with my mom smoking while she was pregnant and then just putting us in the car, no seatbelts, smoking right. with the windows up, sending yeah. me into the grocery store to get her cigarettes, you know? Oh my God. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, I just moved from California to the Southeast and I am shocked at how many people smoke here. And I say the same thing as your children. I'm like, oh, I, there's people smoking cigarettes. Like, I can't believe it. Yeah. 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 And you think like, it, it really is just whatever is normal for you. Mm-hmm. is what's normal, right? I, I never even would have considered anybody that my parents knew or anything ever smoking pot, but smoking cigarettes with the windows up, blowing it in your kid's face, that was fine, you know? <laughs> right, totes. That's really funny. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Culture. I did think it was funny in the podcast when you were saying to your mom, like, Mom, you know, in our house we had garbage bags of pot, and your mom said – those were just samples. We had <laughs> rooms of pot. And you were like, excuse me? Where were these rooms? Totally. Yeah. I mean, they kept it hidden from me because I'm a big mouth. I'm a blubber mouth. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And the garbage bags were ubiquitous. They were everywhere. But it wasn't It wasn't weird. It just was normal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and continue our talk with Rainbow Valentine of Disorganized Crime, Smuggler's Daughter. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details. We're back with Rainbow Valentine of Disorganized Crime, The Smuggler's Daughter, and we are talking about her childhood growing up, and she made a podcast about this. Now, just then, what you didn't hear was when we were off mic during our break, I asked if my engineer or if Rainbow was making some noise in the background that I could hear, and it is, in fact, Rainbow who said she was drawing psychedelic cats. So it's on brand. It's on brand. That's... (laughs) Maybe one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me during podcasting. Okay. Hilarious. Okay. And you can hear my dog growling in the background because she heard the garbage truck. Okay. Very professional. All right. So when you were 14, your sister told you that your parents were, in fact, drug smugglers for your whole life. Were they still smuggling at the time when you found out when you were 14? That was the wind down. That was the wind down. So uh, they quit. My dad quit around... You know, 89, 90, but then, and then quit, but then did that secret deal later, 92. So I graduated high school in 92. So yeah, that was, they were winding down because it was too dangerous, too risky. And how did that conversation go with your sister? Oh my God. 
she sat me like she came into my room, which was the teenager room. I had moved into her bedroom, and she was at college. And yeah, um, she sat me down, just, and I remember that. You know, what's so funny is I remember it vividly, and she has no recollection of this. <laughs> Isn't that and, how that happens with your right? little sisters? Yeah, like she changed my life in this dramatic way, and she's like, I don't remember. Yeah, she sat me down. It was very dramatic. She's like, you need to know mom and dad are drug dealers. And <laughs> the way she said it was so like dramatic. And I was shocked and like appalled and mortified. At, uh, and I was a teenager. I'm a dramatic person. So I was felt so many emotions. <laughs> um, yeah, I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. But, you know, <laughs> and you talk about this quite a bit in the podcast that there's a difference between being a drug dealer mm-hmm. and a drug smuggler. Yeah. A dealer is like if I'm to call somebody down the street and get a little bag of pot and versus a smuggler, what you had going on in your house, which was, like we said, rooms of pot. Yeah. So actually, my dad was a distributor. We call the podcast Smuggler's Daughter because it sounds sexier. Uh-huh. <laughs> the <marketing>. distributor's daughter. <laughs> yeah, the distributor's daughter. So he was a distributor. So smugglers, no, he did move, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds of pot across the country. So across state lines. But I, I believe that um, definition wise, smuggler, you have to move it internationally. And he did not want to get mm. that close to the flame, as he says. So he never did international drug moving, but he moved it, you know, from California to New York regularly. Um, so I, I mean, I feel he was a smuggler. He was, he, he calls himself a distributor and yeah, a dealer, he would distribute pot to dealers. So a dealer might purchase a hundred pounds of pot and then sell it in pounds or quarters or whatever. I mean, this is so crazy. I mean, just listening to you talk about this, it's so crazy because I think about in the podcast where they talk about, they had a truck that they rigged up and put something over the top of it and then just put like a ton yeah, literally a ton of marijuana in the back of this truck and just drove it around. And you're like, wow. I know. And then the other person who, maybe it was Mama Bella that said that the way that when they did it, they cooked bacon all the time because bacon would mask oh, yeah. the scent of pot. Yeah, that's Gracie Albright. Yeah, that that's amazing. I, she blew, I was like, oh my God, genius. Yeah, they would get RVs because um, they were going from Arizona to California and they would sizzle bacon the whole way. <laughs> smell. That is so funny. And you think of like hippy dippy people, like they would never even eat bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we're all meat eaters. Yeah. Although, you know, I did go to a lot of families, houses who were macrobiotic in like the 80s, the worst food, like brown rice. (laughs) My daughter just told me yesterday something about going to someone's house. She goes, no, I can't, I can't go and stay with them because they're all like vegan and weird. Right. Um, They're like, you know, microbiotic and they like split a Nutri-Grain bar between the four people in their family as a dessert. And I can never, they they live in San Francisco as a matter of fact. So I will tell you that the the story of your parents and your parents' friends, sort of like knowing the Grateful Dead and this guy was the bouncer for these rock bands. And then your mom gave Janis Joplin that very famous hat that Janis Joplin wears in tons of photos. It's a big furry hat. Mm -hmm. Like the, the stories are amazing. And do you think that your mom or your dad or together they would ever write a book? No, they don't have the focus. <laughs> so writing a book is a lot of work, um, which is one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast. I, the, you know, this is just the world I grew up in. These are our neighbors. These are our family friends. Like, it's not weird. Everybody knows the Grateful Dead. If you grew up in, like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but these stories are incredible. Yes. And so I was like, I have, I have to get these stories out because 
they're never going to sit down and write a book. It is really hard. My friend's mom, uh, Mountain Girl, actually, Jerry Garcia's ex-wife, she's trying to write a book right now. Um, I don't know where she's at in the process, but I was talking to my good friend, her daughter, who's like, oh, she's having a hard time sitting down and writing the book because it's a lot of work to sit down and write a book. It is crazy that you're saying Jerry Garcia's ex-wife, Mountain Girl, has a daughter that's your friend. Like, I'm a huge deadhead, and I'm sitting here, like, with my mouth open, like, what? Yeah. Yeah, she's a good friend of mine. We grew up together. We're childhood friends. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, where do you live? Who's in your neighborhood? That's who you become friends with. So I just happen to live in this place where everybody settled at, you know, to raise their children. So this is normal. For, for me. Yeah, right. Right. Well, speaking of normal, the the one friend you talked to, I think her name was Saffron, which I don't know if that's her real name, but yeah, it's her, that's not her real name. No. Alias, but all your aliases are amazing. Mm-hmm. And she was, because you were, you know, making the joke about like how, you know, you didn't know that this wasn't normal for people to have garbage bags of pot, much less rooms. And she goes, oh, in my house, you know, we had bales right. of marijuana and we used it for furniture to sit on. Right. And she's not my only friend who did that. Like that's, nor- <laughs> that's why I didn't think anything was weird in my house. Like we didn't have bales of pot for furniture. We had furniture. So we, we seemed very normal and very suburban in comparison to my friends who were growing up on buses or, you know, they had bales of pot or like, oh yeah, going down to South America. Yeah. And then she, she's the one that said she had gone to, I don't know if it was Africa or South America. South where, America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where her biological dad lived Mm -hmm. and that she had like accidentally had, you know, mushrooms or LSD when she was like four years old. Mushrooms. Ate a whole mushroom omelet, all of them. And then her dad was a really nutty shaman (laughs) in the Amazon who wanted her to participate in ayahuasca ceremonies as a child. So she had a kitty gourd. I mean, it's crazy. Crazy. (laughs) And she seemed completely, you know, fine and well-adjusted and normal. Yeah. She went to two Ivy League universities. She has a PhD. I mean, yeah, no, well, I mean, she's done therapy to deal with this, you know, wow, there was some childhood uh, negligence, she feels. But. but yeah, but what's interesting about her story versus your story is that her parents, uh, you know, for sure she talked a lot about her mom, dealt with addiction. Mm-hmm. And her story was different than yours in that if she had friends over, she had to run around and like hide the drugs um, whereas you didn't, you, yours seemed a little more like leave it to beaver. And, uh, how do you think that that generation, uh, so many people did of course suffer from addiction because they, they started with pop and then moved on to other things. And your parents seemed like they went through it unscathed. Yes. They did not like cocaine. They hated it. They hated cocaine. They hated methamphetamines. I grew up with really strong drug boundaries you do not do drugs that have been manufactured by humans. You only do drugs, except for LSD, but only pure LSD and come to us for it. They saw Coke destroy so many of their friends' lives. They saw so many friends OD and they they saw it ruin the scene. So the scene really was this beautiful peace love, uh, magical scene in like 64, 65, 66. And then these really horrible drugs came in and destroyed people's lives. I mean, so many people. And my parents didn't like that. And they didn't like how it made them feel. So they didn't do it. Yeah. And um, that was not around my house. I was never around cocaine. And a lot of my friends were. And cocaine, I have, you know, I'm good friends with all these inner circle hippie mafia people who will all say cocaine is what destroyed this scene of 
beauty and love and art. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hear that a lot about uh, the scene in New York City, like everything was uh, great, you know, going to the clubs and all this. And then right. all of a sudden, you know, cocaine comes on the scene. And it just ruins people's lives. Yeah. Which is, by the way, a schedule two drug. So oh, right. <laughs> less dangerous than pot. <laughs> right. do, do you th- is, there, is there legislation to try to change that? I mean, probably not with the current administration. Probably not. Yeah, um, I have no idea. I I imagine some hippie has presented it, Al Franken, when he was not. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, or something. But I don't know. I hope so because it's really ridiculous. I loved when your mom said they never got busted because God was watching out for them and God really loves <laughs> um, artists and pot dealers. And then she goes, but I don't believe in God. And you're like, Mom. That is ridiculous. <laughs> my mom is hilarious. She's ridiculous. Yeah, my parents are, we're total atheists, you know. But we believe in, like, unicorns and, like, magical elves, so, yeah. Yeah, psychedelic cats. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Tibetan demons. Right? You know, I loved how you ended the podcast, and I won't, like, spoil it, but you ended the podcast with your dad telling your mom a story that he had told you, but he had never told her about his last adventure, his last deal, his last trip, as they call it. So mm-hmm. what, she never knew that that trip took place at all, or she never knew that Correct. Hi-Fi got in trouble? She didn't know it ever took place. <laughs> I mean, the, I didn't know where this podcast was going to go when I started. And when this information uh, emerged, it took my dad, I mean, I worked on this podcast for like a year, you know, like recording it. It took my dad a good nine months, 10 months to Feel, for me to even say, hey, let's tell my mom, let's tell mom this story and put it on and put it out to the world. And it, my, I didn't tell it. I didn't ask my dad to do this until the podcast had started releasing because we were editing up, up to like, you know, the day before we were. Yeah, you know, of course. An episode. So I didn't ask him until J- January, a couple months, you know, like two months ago. And he had told me about it last March or February. Well, he told me there was something, he would told me there was something he was ashamed of, but he didn't tell me actually what until like September or October. Yeah. Wow. So, but this storytelling and it opened up doors for him and then he, all these memories came flooding back and he felt so good telling the stories and revealing secrets and it was freeing. It's it, the truth will set you free. Absolutely. And, you know, we didn't get the whole gist of, you know, your mom's reaction, but obviously she was understanding and very surprised. And she was also happy for him that he was able to sort of unburden himself with the story that she knew must have been hard. And she was like, you could have just told me, you know? Right. Yeah. That was fascinating. And then there was another person involved in the story. His name was Hi-Fi. How did you find him? Well, you know... He wasn't that hard to find. <laughs> you know, he was still friends with the cameraman, who's a friend of my dad's, and um, uh, still friends with some other old smugglers, you know, old people. They're not working right now. but So he wasn't that hard to find, and he was thrilled to hear from me. And um, it was really, like, it felt, the whole thing felt so magical with finding him and him being ready to share his story. And, I mean, it was really so it was psychedelically magical, like universe magic. Yeah, and he wasn't um, he wasn't mad, and your dad wasn't mad, and your mom's not mad, and it just seems like very you know, for lack of a better term, this is what I say all the time: very kumbaya. Everybody was <laughs> everybody was happy for everybody, you know. Yeah, well, enough time had passed. Time heals, 
you know, hi-fi went through horrific experiences, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, I think, at, so if my, that trip happened in 92, you know, it's almost 30 years ago. And I believe it, and it took hi-fi 10 years to pay his debt that he owed. We're not going to give away. No, don't give it away to who yeah, he owed but it to. But so he's had 20, 15, 20 years of not being in the midst of his shitstorm. And right. So, so and, he's ready to, you know, forgive and move on. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Crazy. I know. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Rainbow Valentine. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, we're back with Rainbow Valentine of the podcast, Disorganized Crime, Smuggler's Daughter. Okay, I have a quick question. Is Disorganized Crime a series? And, and yours is part of that series? We are hoping it will be. We don't know yet. We haven't had a thumbs up or from Big Brother about the next right. step. But um, just a little trivia tidbit. Disorganized crime is what my dad always called his business for, th- for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. It would be cool. So you're, you were hoping that you'll be like another season with another story. Absolutely. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So speaking of your dad, so you said in the podcast that your parents just move from one venture to the next. And you said they'd get financial ruin to financial gain. Mm-hmm. One of these financial rooms, you know, came on the night of your birth and then they, you know, somehow always bounce back. Mm-hmm. So th- these days, everything they're doing is legal. What are your parents doing now? Uh, they're working in medicinal marijuana <laughs> and alchemy and they're also, I mean, they're in their seventies. My mom's almost 80. So they're retired. They hang out with her amazing dog. My mom's a painter. So she's, she's always painting. Uh, my dad loves music. He's going to music, loves to do that. Uh, they love, they're outdoorsy. They like to go to the beach. Um, Does your dad have an opinion on a uh, dead and company <laughs> and John Mayer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. He doesn't, I don't think he cares for new, he likes American beauty like, he was never really a dead head. He came, followed the Grateful Dead out west, of course, in, like, 1970. But because of his job, he didn't participate in the music scene in the 70s and 80s because he didn't want to be that visible. Yeah. So I, he doesn't go to dead shows now. Like, he's not a dead head. And he he likes the old music. Like, he, he goes to Terrapin Crossing, which is, uh, I believe it's Phil Lesh's club in Marin County. And, like, all sorts of old musicians play who are all living in Marin, David Getz and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, hippie, old hippie friends. That's so cool. That, that is, is cool. Really, it really is. It's, like I love the Grateful Dead. My husband loves the Grateful Dead too. As a matter of fact, like if we yeah. go on road trips, my kids will be like immediately put their AirPods in because we only listen to 
the Grateful Dead station on Aww, XM. That's so cute. That's and I'll awesome. tell you, I'll tell you an amazing story <laughs> that my husband and I had taken our kids to camp. They go to camp in Alabama, so we're driving back from Alabama to Virginia, and we, you know we're just talking in the car. And I said, and I really hate like a long, long instrumental like drum solo. Like I'm like 20 <laughs> minutes in, like I'm gonna oh. now I'm gonna have to put listen to a podcast because I can't listen to a drum solo for 20 minutes. So seriously. And he loves it. So the song had been on. I looked at him and I said, how long has this song been on? And he said, at least 20 minutes. And I said, yeah. yeah. So then like we talked about something and I said, is that song still on? <laughs> then he had me look it up on like some Grateful Dead, you know, app. And it was in fact the longest version of, you know, St. Stephen's or whatever ever recorded ever in San Francisco in 1973. What oh, hilarious. <laughs> and we were laughing. We were like, we knew that song seemed incredibly long. It was that like so funny. 46 minutes or so. Oh my God. It yeah. was so, I was like, is this song still, like we went in like to a rest stop and came back out. I'm like, is this song still on? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That kind of Grateful Dead is not what my dad liked. He They like music, like sing alongable songs. Like we love, I love the song Ripple. What a beautiful song. Yes. Sing along. Uncle John's band. Like it's over in three minutes. Oh my God. I love (laughs) that. So your parents, I was going to ask you now, um, your parents as uh, children of the sixties are so happy about the, you know, medicinal pot industry, especially in California. So that's what they're doing now, huh? Yes. Mm -hmm. So if I go into a a dispensary in California, I'm going to see one of your parents standing there. Like, how can we help you? No, they're not doing the dispensary stuff. They're doing more, um, some other stuff with some doctors. I can't really talk about it because they, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but, um, some stuff with actually real doctors who have MDs, (laughs) like, um, and, and helping find the actual medicine, not the, not the medicinal marijuana where it's like, I smoke pot because I, it it helps me go to sleep. But the, the strains within, you know, the stuff within the marijuana with the THC taken out that is actually beneficial for, um, inflammation or, uh, I don't really know. I know. I've got my um, I've got my CBD pills that help mm-hmm. with inflammation and whatnot. And then they have some that have melatonin, help me sleep. And, cool. you know, that's that's all we can do here in Virginia. Yeah. Um, I just find it, the whole thing, uh, fascinating. And I think that for the, the people of our parents' age that w- went through just seeing people go to jail and all this, they have to feel so vindicated now, you know, like yeah. fist in the air, like, I told you it was okay, you know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a magic plant people have used for thousands of years. Yeah. And this prohibition is, you know, what, 40 years, 50 years down the line, 60, I guess, 70. So we're just going back to where we were. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I don't know, it's just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say also in your podcast, you said podcasts are the new campfire. Right. And I, you know, I've... <laughs> I've heard, and I've thought of podcasts when I've tried to explain it to, you know, people my mom's age and stuff. I'm like, just imagine like back in the, you know, uh, olden days, FDR, and people would sit around their radio mm-hmm. and wait and listen for, uh, you know, you think of the King's speech, sitting around the radio waiting for something, a uh, speech to come on or a lot of the, you know, long form storytelling, you'd be like every night at seven, you'd get a new version of it. Uh, I said, yeah. it's sort of like that, except for you can listen whenever you want. And you can listen to a long form story, you know, like this one. And, and I loved the way you said you you telling your story with your parents is like sitting around this proverbial campfire. Mm-hmm. It's a great memorialization is the wrong word because your parents are alive. It's a great mm-hmm. uh, 
way to honor your parents by really, really digging so deep into their history and their story. And do do they feel that way? Do they feel like, hey, our story's been told. We've got this cool daughter who could do it. Yeah, they can't believe it. I mean, they can, but it's like, yes, it's so touching. We can hardly stand it. Like, it's so, <laughs> it's so beautiful. And, uh, you know, it blows my mind. Too. And everyone's mind is like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, they are thrilled. They're so honored and touched. And um, and uh, you're, uh, you have this amazing Instagram where you post uh, lots of pictures of sort of the areas that you're talking about, but all these amazing, like, 60s and 70s memorabilia that of course I remember too. Mm-hmm. And it, your, your Instagram, people go look at it. It's rainbow Valentine. It's really, it'll really uh, take you back. <laughs> now have your parents other than this one, have your parents ever listened to any podcasts? Oh, I don't think so. It's such a good, I mean, the people I've had to te- teach every single person on the podcast, how to listen to a podcast. Oh, same. Like, All the time. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. Like you go to your purple app and open this up and here it is. And they're like, Oh <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, honestly, Mary Payne, I had to figure out how to use podcasts. Like, I didn't know, and now I'm, like, addicted. But. So, on that note, so what what are some podcasts that you're listening to? I know you're, you're with mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, right? Yeah, this podcast is owned partially by iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big one. I mean, that's a big company. So, yes, I, I imagine you're uh, into a lot of those, but just because you've uh, listened to them as support. But what podcasts are you listening to? Or that you love, you could recommend. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the Dolly podcast. Oh my god, are you the which one? Dolly Parton podcast. (gasps) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dolly Parton is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so great and interesting. Um, As I mentioned, I moved to the southeast, and being a Californian from the southeast, it's very weird. So it's been fantastic to learn just to hear her, um, you know, hear her speak about the culture, and then hear Chad Applebaum or whatever his name is deconstruct it. Love that podcast I I feel like the podcasts I listen to are like what everyone listens to like uh, I love my favorite murder it's so good oh you're a murderino well I'm I well yes I'm a murderino but only for that like oh, I am yeah and I have listened to tons but I they make me laugh and um I don't care for murder too much because it's too scary but they have a way of making it not scary okay intriguing and like ooh, that's so crazy well, the, the the reason that podcast is so amazing, and I've listened to every single one from day one. I, I'm mm. a huge they, – they're like my dream guests, yes. um, Karen yeah. and Georgia. But what makes it so amazing is their friendship and their yes. connection as, you know, two very different but very similar women who just sort of bonded over their love of true crime, you know? Totally. Yeah, and they're funny – like a – when we, when I listen to them, when you listen to them, it's like hanging out with friends. Right. <laughs> like I'm in, I'm in the slumber party with the cool kids. Like, listen. yeah, you definitely yeah. feel like you definitely feel like you know them. Yeah. And, and you're like, but you have to sometimes like they don't know me. So <laughs> I know I don't know them. <laughs> don't I be creepy. Do. They don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a yoga class. Uh, I just have to. This is a funny story. I went to a yoga class in LA, and I looked next to me, and there was Brett from Flight of the Concords. Did you ever watch that show? I did not. It's an amazing, hilarious comedy show on HBO from the olden, like, you know, it's like 10 years old. I mean, I remember that show, but I didn't watch it. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan and I was doing yoga with him for 90 minutes and I like freaked out because I was like, I feel like I know him, like we're friends, but he doesn't know me. Like he doesn't know we hang out in my living room. (laughs) Yeah. Right, 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 right. 
yeah, so there was that moment. Um, so, okay, I like the Dolly Pod. I'm listening to that. I'm in the middle of it. I love my favorite murder. I love science-y podcasts. So I love oh. um, Science Fridays. I love, the what's the brain one? The, the brain. brain one? Yeah. Like, I love neurology and psychology. So um, there's a brain one. It's called, like, Brain Something. It's like an NPR podcast. It um, sounds maybe too brainy for me to know about. <laughs> It's just like science and brains and stories about brains and neurology. It's pretty interesting. I can't remember what it's called. Did you say you're in TV production? I am. Mm-hmm. Cool. I know. I know. Trying to tell stories. Um, I love that pod. It's. I guess it's a podcast. That um, It's the NPR Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> I love it. I totally want to be on it. <laughs> Listen, you can make that happen, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I love Joe Rogan's podcast. I know he's number one and everyone's like, you know, Joe Rogan, blah, blah. But he's he has such interesting guests. And um, I think he's an interesting guy and a great interviewer. So um, sometimes they're a little long. I just sometimes listen to like an hour or so. But um, yeah, everybody says that about Joe Rogan, that they, they kind of pick and choose by who he's interviewing because and I do that. I do that a little bit with Howard Stern. Like I pick and choose yes. who he's interviewing. Yeah. Absolutely. Love Howard Stern as well. These, you know, these are great interviewers. They're so interesting. Shit Town. I listen to Shit Town. Uh, S Town. Oh, so S Town. Thank you. So good. So good. I was going to say Shit's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> That's a TV show, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, S Town was really incredible. I loved the twist. It was so interesting. I love a twist in a podcast as well. Mm. I love when you, you're not expecting it. You're like, wait. And then they end the episode. You're like, shoot, now I got to wait till next Tuesday. Oh yeah. I can't do that. I have to live binge. I can't wait. Have you ever <laughs> listened to, uh, I think you would like, um, oh Dak Shepard's podcast. Have you listened to that? Armchair, no. Armchair okay. expert. Armchair expert. I'm going to write that down. Cause I love, I need recommendations. Just, I get overwhelmed by how much there is. Armchair well, expert. Yeah. I think if you like a good interviewer, Dak Shepard is great. And the same thing right. he's interviewed. Almost everybody he's interviewed is famous, but he's also interviewed scientists and things. Yeah. He is a, a you know a person in recovery, and so right. and he's been through a ton, a ton of therapy in his life. So that's why he says he's armchair expert, <laughs> and he gets people on like, for example, he had uh, like Julia Louis Dreyfus on, and you mm. would think that would be like hilarious, but in fact, you know, she kind of it seems at the beginning she's a little hesitant to be like, all right, you know. Who is this guy? You know, but then by the end, she really sort of opens up. And same cool. with like he had Will Ferrell on, and you think it's going to be funny the whole time, but it's not. It's just two guys having a conversation, and it's very. He's Dak Shepard is a real interesting guy that you wouldn't know. You would just think he's kind of like a funny comedic, comedic actor, right? Yeah, um, everyone's multifaceted. Uh, he's a uh, he's real interesting. I love 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 just listening to him talk to people. You know, and I'll take any recommendations for narratives because I love a narrative. I just, you know, what's, there's so much content out there. How do you pick? Oh my God. <laughs> it is. It is hard too. And if you even go to New and Noteworthy, you're like, okay, well, I go to New and Noteworthy, but maybe I missed uh, six that were on New and Noteworthy a month ago, you know? Totally. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. There's something like 800,000 podcasts out right now. Oh like, my God. On any <laughs> given day. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. It makes my job pretty hard or pretty easy depending on uh, what day it is. Oh, thank you for having me. I wow. know. And the, and the way I found out about your podcast was a listener uh, told me, at least a listener reached out to me, I think on Instagram and said, have you heard about this? And I was like, no, but listen, I love that whole, you know, culture of that era. I love that music and I'm totally into it. And then I started listening. I was like, oh God, I gotta, I gotta <sighs> talk to this girl. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So that's how a lot of uh, this podcast stuff happens. You know, it's word of mouth. Word totes. That's how I listen to everything or watch everything. Word of mouth. Check this out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then when we're, when we're done with this, I'm going to uh, tell you about a, um, another podcast that I think you should be a guest on, but okay. it's, a, it's a top secret podcast, so I can't tell you about it on Copy. air. <laughs> top secret. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. And tell everybody Pleasure. where all my listeners, tell them where they can find out more about you and also about uh, Smuggler's Daughter. I uh, have rainbowvalentine.com. Um, it's sort of a feeder. I have my Instagram, Rainbow Valentine, and my Facebook, Rainbow Valentine. These are all, of course, aliases to my real people thing. But yeah. that's where I post information about everything. We have a bonus episode releasing tomorrow. Oh, my God. There's Wednesday, Wednesday, the 4th of March, tomorrow. March 4th, there'll be a bonus episode. Yeah, okay, it's awesome. A, it's a mini episode, so short. And let's see. I, I post all information on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I also have a Twitter. Same one, Rainbow Valentine. <laughs> you're a Twitter person, not a Facebook and Rainbow Valentine was a name that was not taken on all these platforms, which is amazing. I know. Well, let's see. Yes, it's true. I think I am Rainbow Valentine Lemur. Let's see. Instagram. What's my Instagram? I, I think it's Rainbow Valentine. Okay. I, be, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, on Gmail, I had to have a different Gmail. <laughs> I had to be Rainbow Valentine Party. Um, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. But um, I, if I'm not Rainbow Valentine, I'm Rainbow Valentine Lemur, which is my pretend last name. Oh, Instagram. <laughs> I'm Rainbow Valentine Lemur on Instagram. Oh, you are? Okay. Rainbow Valentine Lemur, like the animal. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I love all these aliases. I love uh, Saffron and Taffy and all these amazing 60s names. That you I have to t- on Facebook, I'm also Rainbow Valentine Lemur. Saffron's is because we are huge AbFab fans. Absolutely fabulous. And Saffron yeah. is the name of... Eddie's daughter, Patsy and Eddie, and she's the daughter who's always, like, cleaning up after, you know, Eddie, played by Jennifer Saunders, is, like, a mess. She's, like, you know, wasted. And my friend Saffron felt like that growing up, that she was always, like, cleaning up her mom's cocaine. <laughs> right, like, right. Is her, know, mo- is her mom doing okay now? Oh, her mom is amazing. Her mom is spectacular. Her mom's been clean for 20 years, 25 years. Okay, good. She's okay. a inc- – yeah, no. They're amazing. You know, the good news is – the hippies who got into cocaine either died or they got really clean. Right. You know, nobody's using anymore, I think. <laughs> I hope, you know. If they're using now, like, you're going to die soon because you're too old. Yeah, <laughs> to it's, it's, been too, it's been too many years. You've got too many holes in your nose like uh, yeah. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, um, no, her mom got clean years and years and years ago. Her mom is awesome. She's one of my favorite people. Okay, good. All right, I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, listen, thank you so much. This has been amazing to chat with you, and I love the podcast. And if, listen, even if you're not necessarily into this, you know, this uh, the 60s and the pot and all that, the story of Rainbow's parents is just completely fascinating on a, on a human level. And it's so interesting to have a daughter tell your parents' story, and your parents just seem like the most amazing people. So I, uh, it's yeah. it's funny, it's serious, it's the stories are deep. We go into the you know the Reagan, you know, just say no, all that. It's history, so it's great, and you did a great job, and I really yeah. really loved it. And I would highly recommend it. Thank you. Yeah, it's I appreciate that, Mary. It's definitely not. I wouldn't call it a drug podcast. I'd call it a family story 
and a history podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like there's a, a great podcast right now I can recommend called Dying for Sex. And people are like, oh, it's a podcast about sex, but it's not. It's a story about two friends and the one friend is dying. Mm. And that's, you know, and you just have to like listen to it to see like, okay, this podcast is not about sex. It's actually about friendship, you know? Right. And that's how yours is. It's about family. Totally. Love totally. it. Okay, oh, thank you so you. much. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to put this cat up online. Oh, your cat. Uh. <laughs>